Hey everybody, welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. I'm your host, Chris Cosentino. We are here to talk about people that inspire and all my guests are inspiring in so many different ways. And I'm really looking forward to digging deep into how they got to where they are, to the top of their game, how hard they've worked, how much they've given up and how they're giving back. So without further ado, here's our next guest. Hey everybody, welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. I am here with Alex Talbot. And for those of you who are now in this new world of using YouTube and using, you know, the internet to find things, he is the first. So Alex and his wife, Aki, created Ideas in Food. And let me tell you, every single one of us would wake up and see or subscribe to see what they were doing next and what was going on. Because, you know, Alex and Aki pushed the envelope back in the time when a lot of us didn't have access to all this media format that we have now. And they were definitely pushing the envelope. So, Alex, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I it's- appreciate you uh, <laughs> reaching out and... and- us being able to coordinate some time to uh, to sit down in, in your library. <laughs> it's, I mean, we go way back, right? Like we, we go back, we actually go back longer than I think you remember. No, I remember. So the first time for folks out there who don't know, the first time I met Alex was I was on a dinner date with my wife for our anniversary. You remember. And we went to Cleo in Boston. And I remember coming into the kitchen and Ken had dialed us out. We were super excited to be there. And I walk into the kitchen and there's Alex wearing a sheep herder's hat. I will never forget that to this day. I was like, where in the fuck did this guy come from? He's got a sheep herder's hat on. And then you could tell the story of where the sheep herder hat came from, but that's a really powerful one actually. So yeah, the, the sheep herder hat was actually a hat from uh, Mark Veyra's restaurant over in uh, in France. Uh, Ken had gone over there uh, and for dining and research and all sorts of stuff and brought me back the hat. And he gave, gave it to me kind of, I think, as a joke. And I put it on <laughs> and I didn't take it off. Like I, I work every service in this Mark Veyra hat. And, you know, people... And it, it started to stink and I would still, I'd still wear it. I was like, absolutely, man. I'm not taking this thing off. This thing is legit. So I'd, I'd stand there and be, absolutely, you know, 24 year old kid in a Mark Vera hat, you know, in, in, yeah, in Boston, it was crazy. It was good. It was funny. At that time, people now may not know Mark Vera, but he was the first real true, in my mind, first like, known forager who was like picking mountain herbs and doing a really really special things absolutely i mean it it was i think we were all influenced by him in many ways i mean one of the one of the jokes was 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 was, you know ken came back influenced and was inspired by a lot of the stuff there but you know he was he was using tree branches and and all sorts of other stuff as as serving vessels that we hadn't even thought of doing in in many ways Remember, you know, one dinner, Ken, Ken sends somebody, he was like, go outside and get me a tree limb. And you're like, what? You have to go right outside and go get a tree limb for, for the next course. And Ken put it together and we served whatever it was at the time on this tree limb to a, you know, super VIP. And, and like, everyone was blown away. And we're like, like Ken was, is, is, a, is and always has been a genius of like, 
seeing talent and great things and learning from it and then elevating. I mean, it, it's, it's been remarkable. I mean, that's, I mean, it's unbelievable. Like he is just, he's got, he's got like this that Midas touch of just like, he sees the magic before anyone else can. So let's talk about that. So that was in, oh God, that was a long time ago. Let's try. 98, 97, 98. So I had been on Martha's Vineyard that year. Right. So from there, you ended up in Colorado, correct? We did. So, but funny enough, so after Cleo, and that's where Aki and I met, was at, in Cleo, at Cleo, in the kitchen. Um, we went down to Westchester, New York, and puttered about a little bit. Um, and then oh, we, we actually created, so this is back in 98. We created a catering company, and we, we, call, we called it Amuse-Bouche. Uh, where we would do these intimate in-house dinner parties for, you know, anywhere from four to 14 people. And we'd go anywhere from, you know, four courses to 24 courses. And at the time, it, this was, you know, nobody was doing this, not at all. And the, the two of us are, 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 you know, doing the, the, this incredible, like, again, we were probably five to seven years ahead of our time. Like, you know, later on, these supper clubs and these, these super cool things, people were like, oh, I need to have it. For us, it was just like, what, we, what, what can we do? Um, so we started that, and then in the off season, we actually ended up going to Martha's Vineyard. So we ran Marco Canora's restaurant. Oh my god! For two that, seasons. That's crazy. So, yep. which really ties us both in now. Which I forgot that. <clears throat> so when I was on Martha's Vineyard and in Edgartown, yeah, opened the Coach House for Drew Neimport. Mm-hmm. Marco Carnora was on island at the same time running his mom's restaurant, which was called, which, what was it called again? La Cucina Restaurante. La Cucina Restaurante. And I actually had a cook. We shared a cook. And she used to come in and complain that he was so, so tough. And I was like, yeah, because you're not that good. (laughs) Because, I mean, you talk about a different time. I mean, this is, feels like eons ago. Yep. So how did, like, you're building and building and working and cooking with, with different people and seeing things. How did the idea of starting a website called Ideas and Food happen? Because that, if you think about that, that was so far ahead. You were like a gigantic culinary laboratory for the world. And everybody was like, I can't even think about how many times like I've been in the shits and I'm like, yo dude, what am I doing? <laughs> What Devis? Why didn't yep. this one work? I mean, between you and Harold McGee, I was always like, "Man, I screwed something up," or we would figure out something together. And and you, I think, that, I think that that's the point right there is, is figuring it, figuring it out together. Um, I think Aki and I, over the years, have been fortunate to work and be around amazing individuals and teams and people. Um, and I think often we, we, we kind of, we, we, I guess, lurk or work in the shadows a lot of times. Like we are, and our world has always been to make those around us better. I think we're really good at it. Um, and, and so if you, you, you can kind of see our influence, but we're not like, hey, here we are on Instagram. You know, you know it's, <laughs> it's not, it's, it's, it's just, it's not us. But, but, I, but I think our, 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 our real thing was, we, we can, we can, everyone we work with, we, we try and make them better and, and not, and, and yeah, it's great to get patted on the back and that's part of it for sure. But our, our, our greatest secret was that everyone that we worked with became 
were, were able to just really grow and blossom and, and make, make, make what they wanted to have, you know, happen. Um, I think we still do that to this day. It's just changed a little bit, but, but I mean, not so much. So ideas and food started in, so after the vineyard, we then ended up running a, uh, a country inn up in Maine, in Demerscotta, Maine, uh, the home of uh, Pemmican oysters. So we, we, before, before Pemmican oysters were this huge thing as well, which small little town, um, but I was still young, I'm you know, still young and, and I'd call it ignorant slash headstrong. So we went there and we were gonna do you know, fine dining in a country in, on the, in coastal Maine. Um, but I had my own stipulations like, this is Maine, so you, you should serve lobster. But I was like, fuck that. No, we're not serving lobster because everyone else is serving lobster. Like I, I drew a line in the sand, like I'm not gonna serve lobster. And then I was like, I'm not gonna serve steak. So we were dry aging squab in our walk-in instead. Like those are dumb ideas. Like to not serve steak and lobster in a country inn, like, like that's just like, that. so eventually we ended up serving steak and lobster in, in, a, in various forms. Like we deconstructed a ribeye and broke it down into the parts and pieces. Um, which is, so we, we, we got there. I'm just, I'm sometimes, I'm really slow at getting there. Um, I, I, I make all the mistakes for other people. So then I can tell them later on, I'm like, no, let's just cut to the Jason. I've already screwed this up. Like, <laughs> this is what you want to do. Like, I don't know, man. I, I... It's, it's, it's interesting because we talk about the, you know, and you and I have had many, many conversations about food yeah. on the plate and, you know, rustic isn't sloppy and fine dining has its, everything has its place, right? Yeah. But we constantly go back to that idea of taking your ego out of it. And I think that took both of us a really long time to take our ego out of cooking. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I, I think still, still times it's there. I mean, and you have to step back and be like, oh yeah, probably not. We don't need that. I mean, I don't know. I, I am the ultimate tinkerer, but, uh, but yeah, I, I can, I can, I'm also the, you know, the, my, my own biggest enemy. Like I, I make things so hard. Um, <laughs> and then finally, like I've got to strip it away, but even, I mean, even so, I mean, it, I get there. It's just I'm I'm not the fastest on the on the track team. I'm just not. <laughs> so let's talk about starting ideas in food. Like what I mean, we're talking early internet, like 2004. Yep, absolutely. Like a big deal. Like that was a big holy shit. There's a website where you can go and see new processes, new techniques. And we were all just like, it was like, okay, New York Times, ideas and food. <laughs> if you, you read the New York Times on paper, and then you read ideas and food online. Those were the mandatories. And it really changed the game for a lot of us because it made us think about what we're doing. It gave us technique styles. It made us think about basic things that we were already doing and what we may be doing could do to improve it. Um, yeah. You know, there was the salinity process that you and I talked about over and over again, uh, salinity to palate to then making it be consistent with the food. Yep. It, it, there was so much there, so much knowledge that you were sharing. And it was really, it was an open forum that hadn't existed before. So I think, I think ideas and food stemmed in some ways from our isolation. It also stemmed from how the internet was, was kind of developing. 
Um, but you had you had you had forums. You mentioned forums, right? Egullet existed at that time. Yeah. And and so that that would be that would have been my thing. Like somehow we found ways to be really you know isolated. So we'd be like in you know Martha's Vineyard, not really a populous area, or you know rural Maine, or in this place Pagosa Springs, Colorado. Like there's nobody around. We're flying everything in. So we have no interaction with other cooks, but we're, we're all hungry for ideas. So, uh, you know, your backdrop is thousands of cookbooks. So we would buy, you know, ship in cookbooks all the time, but you'd want more. You'd, uh, and so you'd, you'd watch people's dining experiences on eGullet, going to the French Laundry or going to Michel Bra or going to um, Marc Vera on, on Lake Annecy. And they'd post pictures or discussions. And that was interesting. And my mind works through connections. Like I just, I connect things all the time. It's just ongoing connections. Uh, so I was able to put things together, but as we cooked in Pagosa Springs, um, the the general manager of the of the uh, of Kia Grande of, of the resort was like, "You guys should start a blog, you know, recording what you're doing." And I was like, "What the fuck's a blog, man? That sounds like that's that sounds like a bad meal." It does. <laughs> What'd you have? I went out for a blog. It sucked. Like, no, man. So. We looked it up and we, we, we started with TypePad, which is a paid, a paid thing. And, uh, and actually made, made sure we used a paid service because if we were paying for it, we were going to commit to it. If it's free, if it's free you're not going to show up. And, we, <laughs> and, and so we, we started and we just, it was like, the first one was like, Aki wrote it in, in, in straight font and I wrote it in italics and we were going to each have our own voice and stuff like that. And that went by the wayside, like the second post we put up there. But we just started recording our, it was our digital notebook. Like we are notebook people. I, I've, I always keep stuff in notebooks over the years, like yellow notebook, the, the legal pads and then small little guys. And, um, but we referred to it as our digital notebook and we were just sharing it. We like, we didn't think anyone's going to look at it really, but we started it just, you know, it, it was a good place to put it. Uh, and, and we, we still have ideas in food today, but we, we published, you know, for the most part, every day, uh, a post and a picture for 15 years. Oh yeah, I remember. I and recall looking at every fucking one. Like, and even the ones like before, like I went backwards and looked at the things that I hadn't looked at before. So it pushed boundaries. Like, yeah. like the early websites, like the real, like, I mean, it just made- We asked questions, we were, but we were able to connect with people. Like there were, there were other people that, that, were, that were hungry. So on eGullet, right, you had, all of these young chefs of our, 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 our peer groups, right? So, you know, Sean Brock was like a constant person on, on eGullet. Grant Ackett's was as well. Michael Escanas, uh, Wiley would, would, would swoop in every now and again. Yeah. And, and you can, and, and so they connected there and then they, they saw ideas of food and we kind of connected through the website and then we had conversations offline as well. And it, it just sort of grew and developed and, and people would, you know, say, Hey, did you see this? Or did you try this? And, our time in, in Colorado gave us the opportunity to experiment and tinker and explore and share our successes and failures. Um, and that's all, that's what it really was. I mean, and, and the, having the, the website itself was the show up to do something and, and record it, you know, like, but you said something, I think that's really important, whether it worked or not success or failure. Yeah. And understanding that coming just as much as something comes from success, just even more comes from failure. Oh, it all comes from failure. I mean, 
I, I build, so, you know, you can fast forward and go back and forth with this a bit, but we did ideas and food became a, an actual company after, after, you know, a consulting company and we did, did our classes and workshops and books and, but I referred to it as a failure-based company. Like we get paid to fail. Like my greatest successes are my failures because I make the mistakes so that you don't have to. That's it. I mean, and I can attest to that because there's, I mean, how many times did you come and hang out with me in the kitchen and in Conto? I mean, that was yeah, like, like when, when, I, when I come to San Francisco, it's like, you know, there's, there's one place I'm going to go, you know, as, you know, like I'm going to go tinker around. I'm going to step by and see Chris and bullshit. And like, I, I think back, like we, we were braising, uh, freaking sun, sunflowers, like artichokes back, what, 15 years ago, 12 years ago. Yeah. Everybody was like, what? What's, what, I was like, Alex is coming. I've got sunflowers from Andy. Yeah. Uh, I've never, and they were huge, right? You yeah. Know, the big ones. I was like, what was I supposed to get the small ones? Like we had no idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're braising these honkers. Yeah, it took forever. And it took forever, but they were great. Yes. Yep. And that it, it, changed us. Like that was that moment where we just went, uh-huh. Because I think Andy thought we wanted all the sunflower seeds, but we spent a good 20 minutes brushing yep. Yep. sunflower seeds delicately so we didn't break the sunflower head yep but we if it wasn't that it was you and i tinkering around with gluten-free pasta and the extruder yep. or figuring out like do you remember the day that we made sea urchin noodles where yes. we took the sea urchin vana and put it in instead of water to yep. extrude the noodles yeah and i was like I mean Oh but shit, again, we need a separate pot to cook them because we're going to poison somebody in the dining room. Like those were powerful days of playing. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, look, you, you've always been ahead of the curve though. I mean, like we think, like, I mean, you think about what you did in, in, in your early days, and I'll, I'll say your early, like from all your odds and ends and like, I don't know. I mean, you, you've always asked questions and, and, and explored and then, you know, from, you know, and, and you still use it today, which is like the, the grated tuna heart, like brilliant, like genius. Like, and you know, today it's commonplace, but 10 years ago, nobody was thinking, even thinking, right? And, and I think it was seeing, connecting all these kind of electric minds and these ideas that would feed off each other. I, I think it was, it was kind of like a circuit, like you'd get all these circuits together and you'd get something greater out of it. It was I think it created a, a, it elicited conversation between people that wouldn't normally have conversation too. So like, for instance, that conversation, you know, Sam Mason, Wiley, yep. right? This group of folks that you would think you would say Cosentino and Mason and Cosentino would sit there with Wiley. Like we would have heated debates about things, why they worked, what is that? What does that mean? because we all wanted to get better at what we do. Correct, yep. And it created such a unique place for us to have those conversations. And then we all started, you know, everybody started going to StarChef and yep. we started teaching and working together there. But I mean, it was such an open playing field at that point. And what Ideas and Food did was bring, in my mind, it brought a lot of us together to then succeed as a whole. I appreciate it. I mean, I, I really do. And, and, and I didn't, as I said, we, I think our greatest success is not knowing any better about what we do. Uh, you know, we, we didn't realize what we were doing. We were just kind of doing it. And then we were able to make connections and, and those connections kind of built on each other. But I, but I think they, they all stem from a, an underlying foundation of, I think, curiosity uh, and a want for 
I guess you would say improvement. Like, can we improve on whatever it is? Uh, yeah, I, I, I still have all those pasta recipes that we tinkered with. Yeah. And they're all published now, which right. is amazing. Like we were tinkering with some weird stuff back then, <laughs> some really weird stuff. But the trick I still use to this day in my extruded noodles yeah. is- Baking soda? Correct. Yeah. Because for the folks out there who don't know, this was something that we tinkered with at Encanto with the extruder. Yeah. Don't add salt to the dough anymore because it gets brittle, but we would add baking soda to the extruded pasta because it keeps it al dente. You alkalize the noodles, yep. henceforth being identical to ramen, which yep. can sit in broth and not overhydrate. Yep. So it was a safety net that Alex uh, figured out that we were playing with and he was like, hey, this is gonna guarantee your pasta will always be al dente. Yep. It's a great, great tool that I still use to this day. And you know, so, so here's, here's the good news, bad news on that. So like my always tinkering, I have now pulled baking soda out of my noodles. And now I put, I, now I put a good amount of salt back in the noodle. Do you really? I do. I find the salt in the extruding process to make them fragile and brittle. I have, I think too much salt can. I'm, I'm about 0.75% or to 1% salt. And I find it gives it a little, it, it, it strengthens the gluten, just like in bread making. That makes sense. I mean, it's um, it's it's an interesting dynamic because it's constantly, you it's know, constantly, it, absolutely. You you it, it it's like practice is the process. Well, it's funny because the other day um, I was talking with Anthony Mangieri, of course, of Una Pizza Napolitano, and he said to me, "Yeah, I fuck with my dough too much." <laughs> Still to this day, I haven't just left it alone. And he goes, one day I'll be super stoked, but then I'll tinker it a little bit. The next day I'll be like, God, I don't like it. And he's like, that's just the nature of us to tinker with it. And we get sometimes caught up in our own minds and forget that we sometimes if we get it right, we should leave that alone and tinker with other stuff on the side. Well, and, and, and I think that's, thank, thankfully, so like in, in, in current land um, with, 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 with donuts, right? We now have over 24 different doughs that we produce daily. Oh my God. <laughs> You're crazy. Nothing has changed. So for the world out there who is first meeting Alex Talbot, this is the same Alex Talbot that I met, oh, I'd say about 25 years ago, maybe more. Yeah, close to it, man. So it's amazing to see that that drive and that tenacity for education and growth hasn't gone away because it's a really powerful thing. Like what you're doing is really forcing yourself and others to grow. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's sort of insane, but yet, and, and the people are like, well, why do you have all these? It's like, well, because I can part of it, but also like, <laughs> but, but each one, each, like each donut has its own purpose, you know, its own purpose. You're looking for different textures and mouthfeels. Absolutely. And, you know, they're gonna yeah. work differently with toppings or glaze or no glaze. I get it. But from a from a manufacturing standpoint, that's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it, is, it, it is, and people, people are like, well, you know, but, but, it, but it works, right? I mean, it, it's, it's, it's like, I've got small batches and, or larger batches, but it, yeah, it, it all works. They all, they're all on, on schedules. 
great. You know, so we've got, you know, we've got 24 plus does, you know, 25 odd different glazes to go with it. And then, you know, 15, 20 crumbs. Oh my God. So. <laughs> and, 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 and that doesn't even talk about like the trimmings, which we turn into separate doughs. Oh my God. <laughs> so let's talk about this. How did this come to be like the, did you, did they just reach out? I mean, this is the original folks. Yeah, that's the original. Absolutely. Ideas and food. It's, I, 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 I love it. Like that, that, that one has so much info and it, you know, it's each, each one of our books is kind of like a building block. Um, I can look at points in time and I say, this was a really good idea, or this is a really good idea that you should put probably put back on the shelf though. <laughs> like, um, so ideas and food again, came through connections. It, it came through. So we, we'd always wanted to do a book, but like, I wanted to do a big fancy chef book with like, a gazillion pictures and you know all sorts of fine stuff and this definitely this for folks out there for the dyslexic guy that i am this was definitely not the picture book that i was hoping for yeah no it <laughs> was you know mathematics lots of reading no pictures i think yeah. there were one or two drawings maybe if i no, was no, I don't no even... that was the next one yeah i was it's... like oh my god this is crazy but it's but it works. Where, it works. And it was where I could go to understand what the rest of the world was doing because I was too stubborn to actually try it. So I'm like, locust bean gum? You know, like, what else? What else we got in here that was like gargum, which is carrageenan. All these things that now are the norm. Yep. This was, I mean, it was, I was just like, what? Yeah. What cellulose? You sure. know? How about transglutaminase? Transglutaminase. That was, you know, that was the time that you and I spent, I think, three days gluing shit together in the kitchen. Or how about, how about remember, remember the time I actually stopped by and saw you, you were doing the dinner with Michael Ruhlman in, uh, in Manhattan. Oh, that's at, right. And, and you were braising lamb necks. Yep. That was we reminisced on lamb necks. Lamb necks, the, the greatest cut of meat that nobody knows how to use. Oh, man. Yeah, we, we, would grind Meyer lemon, garlic, and fennel tops to marinate them for 24 hours and then put them on racks and slow roast them at like 200 degrees for like hours. They were magical. The ones I saw, in, in, they were magical. So, you know, years ago up in Maine, we, we used to get whole animals in. Again, not, not knowing what to do with them, you know, kind of fumbling along. Like, I'll make the mistakes for you. But, you know, each lamb had one neck. So I, I would slowly braise it and then take the meat off the bone and roll it up and then glaze it and serve it on mashed potatoes with spinach. And then yeah. eat, it, eat it by myself in the, <laughs> in the corner. Like, <laughs> that was my dinner. You know what's funny now? Lamb neck is one of the number one cuts used on airlines. It's sure, it's, it's got to, I mean, lamb, it's delicious, it's tender. It's, 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 you're not overcooking it. Nope, and you know, if it's butchered properly, they can take out the, you know, the tendon yeah. down the middle. And they get two nice fillets and they have it, it, funny. So go back and look on ideas and food. So I've got pictures of us out there in Colorado where we would, we actually deboned all these lamb necks, inverted, like cut them in half and inverted them. Oh, don't tell me I just lost you. These perfect blocks of, of uh, lamb. It's, it's so funny to think about all that stuff and, and how it moves forward. Like, so what year was this? Give everybody an idea. What year did this come out? Uh, 2009, 2010. 
So this was pivotal for a lot of folks. And if you didn't have it, there was like two books that were like mandatory. You had to have ideas and food, and then you had to have on food and cooking because it all. I mean, I mean Harold, 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 I mean, it is, is just, you had to have that. Like, I, I think ours, ours is, is, is merely, you know, kind of standing at least, at least trying to stand on the shoulders of, of Harold McGee, for sure. I mean, I don't think any of us would be where we are with, without his constant work. How dog-eared is yours? Uh, less dog-eared and more like just underlined. So here's my... You have the original? The blue? Yep, there it is. Your first one. Yep. And I wonder if it still has that person's name in it. Who no. you stole it from? No. So this was given to me by a woman who was working with me. She was a pastry chef working at Red Sage. And I'd never, it wasn't part of mandatory reading. And then when I moved to California, I was fortunate enough. Harold signed it for me. Oh, that's cool. But this book like is the catalyst. Like, yeah. Man, when something doesn't work, go here. Yep. <laughs> so let's. Moving on, like yep. then came this guy, Maximum Flavor. Yep, that I think that's that's really a, a dark horse in our world, uh, in the sense that it it, it it goes from, I think the 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 handbook, which Ideas and Food is, to a workbook. I think that's it's a good translation, but not many people. It it didn't sell nearly as well as Ideas and Food, um, but I think there's actually more approachable stuff in there. And do you think it was because of the timing? The oh, time I, my timing sucks, Chris. Well, we are always. Don't, let, let me, because at this, and what year was this? Did this book come out? 2013. Okay, so that's like in the midst of Adria explosion. No, uh, Adria was pre that, absolutely. But people were now having access to a lot of those things. Yeah, yeah. When I say Adria explosion, I mean, the books being released and information being out there. So basically yeah. at that point, this book is competing with the information that Audrey's books are putting out there because people are looking at it as a, as another form of information. Right? Yeah, I, I think his, his stuff was out closer to the 2008, 2009 when Ideas and Food was. His stuff was starting to push out that way. Um, I think Maximum Flavor, I think it goes with publishing too, and you've published books, so you 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 you've 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 faced the struggle. Um, yeah, I don't know if I was but, publishing books, but I think for me this this had so much to it. It was very visual, but also you you were showing people that you know here's a here's teaspoons and here it is in grams. Yeah. Talking to folks about the difference between using the English style of measuring, which we were doing cups and teaspoons yep. compared to weights, which is in grams, which is a more accurate, precise form of measurements, but also really explaining the hows and the whys things work. I mean, it was such an eye-opener. Um, but a maximum flavor, I think it, it, it built, it, it goes to that, that growth and that building and that who, who, who we talked to and ex exposed ourselves. So, so like in the first, in Ideas and Food, we created a no-need brioche which is great. Like you just mix everything together in a bowl, let it proof overnight. And then, so we, we did a bunch of no-need breads, again, borrowing from Jim Leahy, but then he had the no-need bread, but we wanted to make a no-need brioche, which I hadn't seen. We created that. Um, 
a few years later, we'd gotten, uh, become friends with Francisco Magoya uh, and ended up visiting him up at the CIA because he was teaching up there. Uh, and he sat us down, uh, it was at Apple Pie Bakery. Uh, and did it, we were going up there to uh, talk about um, actually the cultured uh, coconut that's in the back of Maximum Flavor. But uh, he, had, he gave us all these pastries to try and he gave us two brioches uh, to try. And he's like, well, which one do you like? And I, I chose brioche B. And he's like, well, that's actually your brioche, uh, the no need brioche. I was like, but it, it, it's, it's different. He's like, well, yeah, it's, it's a king's brioche. Um, I said, what's that? He's like, well, I doubled the butter in it. You know, uh, I hadn't even thought of like doubling the butter in my brioche, which was already, so he did. And I was like, well, that's a great idea. And I, you know, wrote it down and put it in my back pocket. I was like, I'm stealing that for some a rainy day. That rainy day is actually what we ended up turning that, that double butter brioche is what became the, um, the donuts that are in maximum flavor. And those donuts are what we used as the foundation for curiosity donuts. That's amazing. Isn't yeah. it, isn't it, it's like how those little tidbits stick with you over the years? It's, it's, it's all tidbits. So, I mean, if you want to look at my <clears throat> first job, my first job was working at a country club in West, in, in Rye, New York. The chef there knew somebody, a buddy of his from the CIA uh, was Pat Vaccarello, who worked for, um, it, at the time it was Maloney and Percelli's, which was a, a David Burke restaurant. Yeah. Um, so he connected me to then I started staging on my days off at Park Avenue Cafe. And then that was my first job out of, out of, out of, out of, out of uh, from the, from the country club to work at Park Avenue Cafe for David Burke and, and the chaos that was that. But funny enough, Ken Oranger did his externship from the CIA with David Burke at River Cafe. And then I ended up going to work for Ken Oranger. And then, and, and, Small world. and David Burke is the genius that nobody talks about. Like, oh, yeah. for sure. I mean, if you if you look at his first his first book, the amount of information that we've all stolen from it is remarkable. Oh, talk about plating! Talk about thought process. Remember him roasting sides of fish in wine boxes. Soaked I didn't in wine boxes, and I, he would roast sides of fish in it. I didn't, I don't even remember that. I mean, that's, but he, I mean, he, he was the guy that he brought the, the salt block into, you know, he was, he was the one that was aging within the salt block rooms. Yeah. He was a, definitely still to this day. He's always pushing envelopes. I mean, he, he was, he was the cheesecake pop before, before cake pops were a thing. That's he was right. serving, he was serving cheesecake pops on a tree in the dining room. <laughs> yes. He always pushed the envelope. Ah. I remember eating dinner at Park Ave. And looking at the bottom of my plate, and there was literally a, uh, it was a, a flower arrangement uh, piece that used, they, they would stick all the flowers in. It was basically yeah. a needle yeah. sticking yeah. up. Exactly. And we put everything in it. Absolutely. Everything on it. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it, was it was crazy. It was a lobster dish. It was the, it was the, angry, lo it was the angry lobster. Yeah. Absolutely. And he was also the most frugal, like, we would serve spinach stems as as a garnish for for the lamb like so you, you, you some spinach stems you, you know people were throwing away he was like fuck that that's money man <laughs> you know and you, you do a stir fry of that and serve that alongside the lamb but if you think about it that is just like grandmas would do 
and they would make frittatas from those stems in Italy, right? So it's all crossover, but he was super smart and recognized that and just really, really did it well. He did, I mean, yeah. And, and then, and then ele elevated, yeah. So like, but it's interesting how those, those, those people that you, you touch or, 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 or touch by, well, that sounds weird, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those people that you've worked for <laughs> or who inspired you. Who inspired you, yes. <laughs> no edits. <laughs> <laughs> no edits. You said it. Oh, man. Um, so, and you're building on this and it's not like you're, you just sat on your hands. You've constantly been working. You're constantly pushing the envelope. Yeah. You went for maximum flavor yeah. to gluten-free flour power. This yeah. was a big one. It, it was big and it was a fucking dud. It, Which is ironic considering the world is so gluten-free nowadays. Yeah. Um, I think it was ahead of its time and behind its time at the same time. I think part of it, part of it was marketing and part of it was just, we're not very good at marketing, Chris. As I said, we're, we're in the shadows, I think for a reason or it's our own fault. Um, but yeah, it, the recipes in it are amazing. We created, you know, four different flour blends. Um, I think, I think probably it, part of it's, it's too complicated, but the recipes are insane. And what's even cooler is, is each recipe in it. You can actually substitute gram for gram with regular flour. So I mean, like, that for me was the most, like when you sat down and we talked about this, yeah. we had these conversations that for me was really, really like a big deal. Like you managed to make something that two people in the same household could have the same thing, but with two different outlets, like two yeah. final, final results. And you didn't have to like change recipes or anything. And, and that was so amazing that takes a lot of time, energy, and effort to be able to successfully do that. And I mean, you know, there's the pastas that were in here were like- The, pa the pastas with the, with the what if flour are insane. Like, so, and we, we use those in the extruder as well. And nobody can tell the difference. I think that to me is like, I mean, we had fun. This was, this was when you and I were tinkering and we were tinkering a lot. Man, I just, I still look back at all those times spending time in the kitchen. They were like, who's coming? Remember Manfred would Manfred and you yeah, would sit down sure. front in the window and just like lay out a whole bunch of stuff we wanted to try and things you wanted to see. And, um, you know, a lot of times I would get stuff in just knowing that you were coming. Cool. You know, I mean, I, again, you're, you're, Encanto was such a great, besides it being a tiny little space, Jesus, but <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it was, it was like, an, it was very electric. I mean, it was, it was light bulbs going off. All, it was, it was, it was nifty. It was, I was, I was constantly, I think blown away by the, the ideas that, that you brought forth and then that I could then steal. It was great. <laughs> I never heard that. That was a new one. Thanks. <laughs> I just feel lucky that we had the time and the opportunity to play and to tinker because that doesn't always get to happen. It's really hard for people to be able to work together when they're in completely different parts of the country, but wow. also feed off each other. And I think that's what Ideas and Food did. Yes. It started the catalyst. It started the friendships. It built an environment of camaraderie among multiple different chefs that would share information consistently. I, th I think we were, we were lucky to kind of just Hop in that, hop into that swimming pool, and we were all able to kind of tread water together.
And it, it was, it was, it was, it was nifty, you know, and it was kind of, we were able to kind of all support each other. It made it fun. You know, I mean, you guys really just kept pushing the envelope every day and whether it was us asking questions or you asking us questions, it always facilitated the next conversation. Well, and, and I think that's the, the thing is it, it, it is always about the question, right? It, it's not the answer. The answer, the answer is irrelevant for the most part, but I think those that can ask really good questions, that is, that is, and, and questions come through observations. Like when I hear a great question, I'm like, fuck, why didn't I think of that question? I don't care about the answer, but why didn't I, why didn't I see it to be able to ask the question? Like that, that's what chops my ass. Like if I, if I don't see something or observe it, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's being able to observe and ask the questions and find those questions. Yeah, I don't know. It goes along that line of, you know, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey to get there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it for sure is. Though, however, it really is nice to, to, to get there and put your feet up and drink a beer. So the destination is quite nice as well. I'm not saying it's not, but getting the, it's, it's about enjoying the road to get there. Because it I, is. That, I, that makes it a lot more palatable, a lot more fun. Um, it just really excites you to get to that end and say, okay, what's the next puzzle? Yes. Okay. So, but, but there's that. So it's one of those things that like, I love it and hate it at the same time. Like when shit's going wrong or do you like, it's the 10th time you're doing this thing and you know, it should work and it just doesn't, you know, something, you know, what is, what's the whole thing about insanity? Just repeating yourself again and again. But, but part of it is I, I know, like, you know, there's, there's an answer, you know, there's a way to solve it. Um, and it sort of sucks to be going through it. But when you get to the destination, when you actually solve it, you're like, fuck yeah, I did it. Like we, we got like, you do, you get it. And you're like, nobody's doing this or, you know, we were, we, you know, potentially the first or yeah. I mean, it's, it's nifty. And then, and then you get to, to share it. Yeah. It's cool. I think that's what, you know, that's, I think it's what I'm doing in donut land now. I mean, that's just how we, how we stumble across it. Like, yeah. Like why 24 dose? Cause we can't, we can't, but it, it's like each one's a challenge. Each one's like, okay, how can we do something even cooler? So let's talk about Curiosity Donuts. When did you, when did, uh, when did that start? So it started, uh, we opened in October, 2015. Um, we had used to live down in, in, in Levittown, Pennsylvania, had moved up to New Hampshire um, because of some life situations. We were moving back to Pennsylvania. Um, there was a farmer's market in Stockton, New Jersey uh, that we used to go to. And, and I always wanted to, we always, Aki and I was, again, in, living in, a lot in the digital landscape. We wanted to have something brick and mortar at some point. Um, and there was, a, there was a space opening up in the, in the farmer's market. Mind you, we still lived in New Hampshire looking for a place in Pennsylvania. And we talked about the, the, the manager of the, of the market. Uh, because I saw an ice cream machine for sale, which was, which was started the conversation. I was like, oh, I can get an ice cream machine for sale for cheap from this farmer's market. Well, they wanted $28,000 for this ice cream machine. So I wasn't buying an ice cream machine anytime soon. But the ice cream people had gone out of business. So there's a space available. I said, okay, I'd want to do maybe ice cream there too, but I, I want to do frozen custard. She's like, well, they just went out of business for not selling ice cream. So what else are you going to sell besides ice cream? I was like, I don't know, donuts. She liked the idea. I liked the idea. Aki was like, all right. Um, so uh, long story short, 
we said we we we, we created curiosity donuts. So I was reading a book um, at the time uh, about curiosity conversations by um, shit Brian Glazer, the uh, the producer. Uh, so I had curiosity on the mind. So that's that's where the name curiosity donuts came from. It was you know sort of stems from ideas and food, I guess, uh, and always asking questions. So we said we'd open this donut shop in a, inside a farmer's market in Stockton, New Jersey in a month from when we did, but I, we still lived in New, in New Hampshire and we had family or friends down in, in uh, Pennsylvania. So I figured if we said we were going to have a business down in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, our, our house would sell really fast. Like I was, I was like, I was going to work with karma. I was like, if I'm going to start a business, karma's going to help me out. Uh, and my house will sell really fast and I'll be able to move down and no problem. Boom, 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 boom. Karma did this. So we opened Curiosity Donuts, but I commuted for seven months <laughs> from New Hampshire to Pennsylvania. Um, but we, yeah, we, start, we, that's healthy. Yeah, it was healthy. It was good. Um, but we started with, so when we were developing the recipe for, for the Curiosity Donuts, we started with, well, you'll, you'll appreciate this. We knew we had a really good donut recipe for maximum flavor. We talked about that earlier. But I was like, well, that recipe works and it's published. We can't use that recipe. We have to start from scratch. <laughs> okay. For those of you out there, that is a typical Alex move. Yeah. I have something that works, but I'm not going to use it. I'm going to do it the hard way and start over. <laughs> oh, God. You couldn't have just started with that and tinkered with the other one. Nope. Nope. So... I went, I, I went, you know, I spent, you know, three weeks going through all these things. And I finally had a recipe that I was like, this thing's really good. And Aki's like, that's cool. Will you just make the maximum flavor donut and do a side-by-side -side for me so we can just kind of see? So I did. And the maximum flavor donut blew away this donut that I thought was so amazing. Like just blew it out of the water. <laughs> but, 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 but from, but from the three weeks of tinkering, I learned how to expedite the process and I, there were some really cool ideas that I did get. So I then reapplied them to the maximum flavor donut. And then that's what gave me the initial donut for opening up curiosity donuts. So like all the tinkering didn't go to waste per se. Thank goodness. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just, I just took a really long freaking way to get there. You couldn't have taken the shortcut. No, I wouldn't know how. <laughs> I wouldn't have known how, like, someone could be like, this, you just, you'll, you'll get there like this. I'll be like, no, but what if we do it this way? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely the, it, I mean, we do it. You're not the only one. We all take right. the hard roads. I mean, it, the, the path is right there. Like you can go, you can get to the well. It's right there. But, but I want to go through the forest and through the, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. To get, go through the forest, get chased by wolves. You know, do the whole nine yards. <laughs> Crazy. So yeah, we, we started with, with we did that, um, and then I I was gonna do a uh, I had a, a drop donut for a, for a, a, a donut robot as well. So I, um, there was a donut robot at the at the farmers market that I was gonna use to fry both both kinds of donuts. And I you know I I, I cleaned it up and 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 tested it and turned it on and it got hot. But I didn't really I didn't really test it. I just made sure it got hot. So the morning of, of opening day, I'm there and this thing gets hot and then starts cooling down. So this fryer is not working. So I've got to, there's actually other fryers in the kitchen. So I turn those on and use that. But the, uh, I couldn't obviously use a, the, the uh, attachment for it. So I'm, I'm sitting there putting donut batter into a, 
pastry bag and piping it into into the into the oil and making these you know these long johns of sorts. So I had my drop donuts and then my my yeasted vanilla and chocolate donuts, um, and then we created a marble donut as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, an absolute shit show. But everything was super delicious. But I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. I really did like I knew parts and pieces, but it it, it, it I mean it's it's it really is like the practice and the failures and the mistakes are what allowed me to get better and, and the observations, but it, it, it's been years like of just making mistakes. I mean, I think that's all of us, right? But it, it's, it's hard, man. And, and, you know, I, I was thankful, like, um, Tejo Rayo, um, who now writes for the times, she was writing for Bloomberg back then. Uh, and she knew us from, of all things, ideas and food. So she saw that we were opening up a donut shop and she came down from New York that first weekend and found me in the kitchen and we talked and she took pictures and she tried the donuts and wrote a glowing piece for us that, that from that first weekend in, in, uh, in Bloomberg news. And it kind of just opened the floodgates for us at, at for, you know, in, at this farmer's market in the middle of freaking nowhere. And then, you know, and now you are where you are now. I know it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, but and that's it. Like I see where we are now and I'm like, well, but how can I, you know, find, like, I want to grow it. And I, I, I seem to, you know, well, I guess people see that you're making 24 different doughs and they're like, yeah, I'm not into that. But for me, I mean, I think it's super cool. Like it, it's really hard to grow a small business. I mean, you know that you've experienced that I'm sure over the years, but um, you know, it, it, I don't know, man, it's, it's, if, I guess if it was easy. Everybody would do it. <laughs> you were hysterical. That's true. I would have to agree with that. So let's do this. We're going to play a game. Oh, shit. Time for rapid fire. You ready? Right. Yeah. Hamburger, hot dog. Hamburger. Ketchup, mustard. Ketchup. Wow. A lot more ketchup than I expected. Pizza, calzone. Pizza. Meatball, sausage. Meatball. Hamburger, hot dog. Hot dog. I love hot dog. I thought it was great. Grilled but, or dirty water? Both. <laughs> Beef or pork? I think a pork. Pasta, noodles. Same. Depends. <laughs> Ravioli dumplings. Both. Burrito taco. I think taco. Sashimi nigiri. Nigiri. Sea urchin, caviar. Caviar. Lobster, crab. Uh, is it picked or am I picking it? <laughs> <laughs> From the guy who takes the hard way. He doesn't want to pick his own fucking crab. <laughs> Not what I expected, dude. Oh my God. Your choice. Uh, I'm gonna go still lobster, lobster salad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm like I'm a lobster old guy. La lazy, the laziest ass way to eat a lobster. I am on it. Okay. Brown spirits, white spirits. Don't drink. You're drinking NA beer though, right? Absolutely, Athletic Brewing Company, hands down. I, I, I'd be like the poster child for them. <laughs> I have. I've reached out to. Them. I'm like I should. I should be their poster child. I tell everybody, and they're like, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> they're like ideas and what oh my god 
Yeah, man. I like I, I get in all their stuff. I, I, I got I got your beer. I got I got I mean, but like I've, since since like day one. Yeah, I, I think they're like I tell everybody like I and I've tried them all. Like I I stopped drinking ten-ish odd years ago, um, but I used to. Uh, I would then find like non-alcoholic beers and I put some bitters into it to just up the the hoppiness to it. The flavor of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for years it was Klaus Toller and I put grapefruit grapefruit and uh and hops bitters into it. Um, but then I came across Athletic Brewing and it was like it was it was the the, the blue can the first guy that they they did yep. which was great. Um, but then the, you know the free wave came out the orange guy and then some of their other esoteric their their small batch stuff is really good. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it it changed the game, hands down. I mean, yeah. Favorite barbecue? Really good brisket. Like brisket's a challenge. Like if you, I can't cook a good, good brisket. I've yet to do it. I can't. Like and and like I, 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 I'm not gonna say I can smoke a brisket. There's and, no and I go out for brisket and, and I try it all the time and I'm like. Oh, this is shit. But I can't do it. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, leavened or cake donut? I do both. I um. Yeah, but what's your one? What is your favorite to eat? Oh, yeasted. Yeasted is more of a challenge. Which is, I'm not sure more of a challenge, but I like I like I like yeast yeasted action. But um, you know, we, that said, you know, like we we've got some that actually use both. Interesting interesting like an angel biscuit so we make an angel pillow which is it's a it's a biscuit dough that's leavened with baking powder baking soda and yeast oh my god magic favorite candy strangely enough the first thing that pops into my head candy corns whoa favorite fast food these days it's i would say shake shack man they're killing it it's just guilty, a, it's, guilty pleasure Guilty pleasure, big fucking bowl of ice cream. <laughs> Chocolate or fruit? For why? To eat. To eat? Yeah. Neither. Donut. <laughs> you don't need chocolate or fruit? Oh my God. All right. How about this one? Kimchi or sauerkraut? Oh, kimchi. Hands down. Spicy or not spicy? In the kimchi? Spicy. No, general in life. Oh, spicy. Like moderately, like not like, you know, ripping you, like, like killing you. Like I watched you die. But like, that, like, 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 like spice with like, with character is good, but not like, in, like, you know, eating chilies for, no, like spice no, is good. I don't mean like that. I mean, do you like, do you like spicy food or not spicy food? <laughs> yeah, I like some spice. I do like, I, but, I, but it's gotta be balanced. Like you can't just like take mac, make mac and cheese and then douse it in, in, you know, hot sauce and be like, well, that's good. Like, no, like, yeah. Not, not at all. Nope, can't do that. Can't do that at all anymore. What would be your last meal? I don't really care as long as it's with my wife and daughter. That's a great answer. I like that. So, Alex, if people want to find you. Yes. Best way to do that. Um, digitally, uh, ideas and food and then curiosity donuts on Instagram. I think that's probably the, the biggest thing. Uh, Ideas and food, the blog still exists. It is still a huge entity, but we haven't, we've posted on it really sporadically since pandemic started on. But um, that's still a great place for people to go and do some cool 
Absolute research. Well, the, the irony is, is, is everything that we did was probably five to seven years ahead of its time. So if you go back to like 2015 post from then, you're going to see all the current stuff that you're seeing on Instagram. Now, just, we did it back then. It's amazing. I love that. <laughs> and so folks, if you want, make sure you take a look out. You can get this one. You can get this one. And you can get this one. And trust me, they're all going to help you. Whether you're a home cook, whether you're a chef, doesn't matter. All of those books will guide you to make better food, which Alex has done for all of us. Alex and Aki have done this for years, and they've done it in such a graceful, fun, and collaborative way that um, we can't thank them enough. So, Chris, man, thanks again. This, is, this has been a blast on memory lane and, and towards the future. I'm, ex I'm excited. I mean, it's I love that you're doing this and reaching out to all kinds of smart people and then me <laughs> oh come on you really forced us all to think again so thank you um and please give aki my best and absolutely. i can't wait to come and do some donuts yeah absolutely come out that way we're all trying i'm trying to figure out timing uh my son is starting to look at colleges so we might be coming out there and looking at it come check out donutland or maybe we'll, once this world balances out again they would come do some donuts out in your backyard i love it Awesome. Thank you for joining me. And uh, folks, make sure if you're headed to Pennsylvania, make sure you go check out Curiosity Donuts. But also go to check out Ideas with Food. Alex and Aki have so much to share. There's so much knowledge there. It will definitely improve your food.